I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? And we're back for another episode of Invasion of the Potty Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Let's get to it. So this week we're looking at the 1988 classic directed by Tim Burton star Michael Keaton, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. That is Beetlejuice. Noel John Tui, my fucking honourable host. How are you doing today? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I am doing a lot better because I watched this movie. Didn't realise how long it had been as we touched upon a couple of minutes ago before recording. Uh, and there is magic in this movie that just time cannot seem to touch. <laughs> It doesn't matter that it's been 30 uh, years. It doesn't matter that it's been 33, so, 33 years. Just, it's, it's so odd. absolutely classic. It, you said it, and I'm robbing it, is that it, there's so much yeah. stuff in this film that should not work. And it does. Yeah, but it uh, simply yeah, does. everything does. And I, I, yeah. I, I, first, when you said that to me, I didn't say this to you at the time, uh, but when you said that to me, I, remember, I thought the first time Alec Baldwin steps out of the house and he lands in the sand, and there's a really kind yeah. of like, silly kind of stop motion almost yeah. Jason and the Argonauts era kind of sandworm yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gets pulled back in the house and, and you know and I was just like God that works that shouldn't have worked yeah you know it, was just, it just did I don't know it's just it's, I think it's because the film seems to be made with so much love that you forgive it anything yeah you know it's such a so good so many film. different styles exactly you know? of uh, filmmaking and isn't it yeah exactly um, and, and it's it's self-aware it's not you know when everything kind of <laughs> tries to be citizen kane and it's just not landed mm. it's really corny it's re just a bad film it's, but this it's a film self-awareness can lends it lends it so much credence in my view it's like um it's the great thing about Tim Burton's earlier works when you, uh, he's kind of like zany works or whatever because like you have like Beetlejuice you have um Edward Scissor's hands Mars attacks that's right these movies yeah. are kind of that they take themselves too Night, seriously uh, um Nightmare Before Christmas yeah exactly like you know but I, it's like do you know when you have this style that he has like i think his movies had a lot of heart in them they but, did um yeah. later on they kind of they, they kind of lost that bit of heart a little bit in his earlier movies like his adaptations of charlie in the chocolate factory and his adaptations of I, um I, alice in wonderland i think some you know, actors some directors just work better in a simpler era i think now we're able to do so much that it's kind of like and probably studio influences not to take the blame off a director's back but um studio kind of yeah. putting in and saying oh you know we 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 have this much budget for special effects so we should get this in and this is what's sold this is what's number one yeah um and you have to use this and i mean with a shoestring budget we've seen films like hellraiser and we've seen films like reanimator films we've done in previous podcasts and and they're just they're just made with love it almost you almost need i think you need the struggle i honestly think that yeah. the magic is born from the struggle and I think that's true of almost anything. I, I could talk about your, my favorite bands and when they were upcoming and trying to take over the world, that's when their music was the best. And when everything they touched turned to gold, gold just, it just lost its value because everything was gold, I guess, you know? Uh, yeah, it's their, you they, lose your hunger. Yeah, well, and I think Tim Burton was, like, I mean, just a spoiled era. He's not the only one. I love Tim yeah. Burton. He's not the only one yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But that was him at his, that was just pure. 
Like I can't think of a better example. Yeah. I really can't. There's nothing even that you can compare it to really like the style. What was Beetlejuice before the Beetlejuice? Of, nothing. You know, yeah, like was like was it is that an original property, Beetlejuice? Is it like I'm going know, to I, say I don't really know I'm going much. to say yes, but I do not want to yeah, yeah I'm not I'm, I've always thought like Beetlejuice, Tim uh, Burton were kind of one and the same to me. Uh, whether he came up with a story, I, I don't think it's from a book though. It just sounds like the kind of thing that he would come up with reading the morning newspaper, you know. Um, um, yeah, I, I think like I'm just uh, looking at Wiki real quick. There, it doesn't seem to be based on anything. It just says who it was written by. Yeah, it's not. But it's just it's. it's I, I assume because he's such a wacky character, it's not actually a terrible lot to Beetlejuice. Yeah, there is, like, and he's not even he's, he's not even in the movie for like the first forty minutes. Not in the movie at all for the first forty minutes. He eats a fly. He's alluded to. <laughs> yeah, there, there's the ad. That's what it is. The, yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin yeah. goes up and, and there's an ad on TV for him. Uh, yeah, and for a guy, I noticed this for a guy that wants you to say Beetlejuice three times, he himself never says Beetlejuice. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, he can't say it. Is that the thing? I never noticed that before. Yeah. Yeah, I because think it's when like, the ad had like Beetlejuice on the screen over and over, and, and it, over his grave he had a sign, a, a, a kind of neon sign that says Beetlejuice on it twice, and all this kind yeah, of Beetlejuice stuff. Beetlejuice lays here. Beetlejuice lays here, and all this kind mm. of stuff. But he himself never says the word Beetlejuice. Yeah, I assume that he is cursed, and if he is to utter his own name, it probably kills him outright. Yeah, or if there's a curse on him where the only way out is to have him be able to say his name said three times, it would probably make sense to have that curse also mean that he himself. Can't say yeah, name, because that would be a little bit self-defeating, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like clever but simplistic, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't even explain yeah. the curse. They didn't. Yeah, and they didn't have. To. You don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just a weird, kooky movie. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, so like the movies, we just get into the movies. So the movie starts. You see this beautiful, picturesque town. This kind of like that's Tim Burton. Gorgeous man. town. Everything. Yeah, t- <laughs> Tim Burton mission about the big opening. That's a yeah. thing. That's like a, the, the Avengers, you know, the really, really big opening. Yeah. Um, he was all, it's always picturesque. Like, I mean, Edward yeah. Scissorhands. Do you remember everyone's out mowing their lawns at the same time? Yeah. You know, it's, oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah. It's picture perfect. Yeah. And they were just two attractive young people in love. They had one of those goofy relationships where they poke fun at each other and they can't keep yeah. their hands off each other. They really, really enjoy being alive. It's probably how I would describe them. Just like their hobbies and, include being alive. And, and like one thing a, you're, go ahead. One thing you're guaranteed with a Tim Burton movie is that intro's always got an awesome Danny Elfman soundtrack behind it. Sheila, my partner Sheila, so the first thing she said because you forget how good the music is in these films. Oh man, Danny Elfman Just, from The Simpsons, from the Simpsons Spider-Man, yeah, from everything Tim Burton From an excellent band called Oingo Boingo. Mm. Um, yeah, he actually just, you know, he makes music for fun. He actually has a band and they're excellent. And he's just, he's, he's an actual, he writes a score based on, yeah. the, as opposed to saying like you bring, these days it's all about names. And yeah, so yeah. you bring in like, your Eminem does a, a song for Venom. Fucking hate that. I don't like I him. I, I, like, for example, yeah. I'm not having a shot at him. I actually, I'm actually very fond of Eminem. I'm a fan, but like, no, I don't like that. It's not what films need. It's like, I mean, there's some beauty to oh, having a guy who just says, right, I hear trumpets, I hear violins, I hear a soft piano, and then I hear, you know, like somebody who yeah. paints a, a, a picture love, based on the scene, based on the scene. Yeah, exactly. I love Danny Elfman's music. There's a real sense of urgency to it. And it just like, it moves or not, the camera. Or not yeah. at all a sense of urgency to it. 
Like Danny Elfman can do, it can give you whatever it is you are calling for. But yeah, like he's the best for that sense of urgency. You know, he's absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. But he's also like, the, like what's going on here in music. You yeah, know what I mean? He, I, love, oh, God, I love um, the, way, the way his music conveys movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like the way, like the big swooping shots, like near, the set, the starting scene, it goes through the town and it's like, it gets closer and closer and closer to this house. And then all of a sudden you realize the house is a model. And then the spider climbs all up, climbs over the house. And yes. it's like, you know, you yeah. see that, you know what I mean? Like that whole opening is just, it's just fucking awesome. Like, and it gives you an idea of the town, gives you an idea how models are going to be important to the story. And you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's kind of in a way of saying that their home life is like a model of how home life should be in a sense. I don't know. Like maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it, but I just love that whole scene where it's like, it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then it's just like all these swooping shots and you got this little, little tiny house and you see the spider coming over and then we get introduced to our, to our, to our main characters, uh, a super young Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And, um, uh, Gina Davis. And Gina, yeah, and a young 30 something uh, couple, in the picturesque place, as we've touched upon, in a beautiful home that they're really yeah. trying to, a house that they're, that they're literally currently turning into a home. They're, it's like a postcard setting. Yes. Oh my God. That's that's an excellent way of putting this. And it, took, it covers like, a lot very quick. They're, they're happy. They they, they mm-hmm. haven't been able to start a family. They, they cleverly kind of, they cleverly explain that to us without really explaining that to us by the pushy real estate agent. Yeah, I love the way that within the first five minutes, they're like, they they love their home. They don't want to sell it. They're, there's a, a real estate agent that they've obviously been avoiding and they take turns of talking to. Yeah. They couldn't have a family all within like, what, opening oh, five minutes? Oh, I even remember like where, like, you know, she's trying to do something. He pulls her down onto the couch for a bit of a kiss and it's just, you know, kind of horseplay, young couple in yeah. love kind of thing. And I even remember the shot seemed to be centered uh, very much so on the fact that uh, Baldwin had a, a ring. So I just, yeah. I knew they were married. You know what I mean? I yeah. just, I just like you said, it just, yeah, okay. And in five minutes, I knew that they, they obviously haven't lived in this house long. They've either, they can't have a family or they've been trying and it hasn't been working or something yeah. worse. And um, there's a pushy real estate agent who thinks it's a big house. And obviously she gets commissioned. So she, there's a big score in this beautiful you, big house. And, 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 and very little of that is explained, if any of it is explained, but worse. Do you think that Gina Davis' character could not have children because of the ramifications of being with Seth Rundle in the fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What an interesting time Gina Davis had. Yeah, yeah, she was a superstar back in the day. She really was. She's 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 yeah. she's, she's a dynamite actress. She was just great. Yeah, she's had charisma. Yeah. As I said. As I said to you during the Fly episode, like it's a pity the way her career went because we missed out in about 10, 15 years to Gina Davis, which was a big shame because like during the 90s, growing up as a kid, she was in everything that I seen, like, you know what I mean? I mean, she just kind of everything like after the and, to the Fly, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, League, League of Their Own and everything, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. she made one bad film, but she wasn't what was so terrible about that film, it was just a terrible film. Yeah. And I think she made a huge financial loss because of that film, because I think she put a lot of her own funding, kind of similar to Kevin Costner with West uh, with Waterworld. So it's one of those things that... Never understood it. I liked Waterworld. I know we can talk about yeah. that when we get into controversial kind of films. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm old yeah. enough to have gone to it in the cinema. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> How depressing. Man. I think I went to Casper... Yeah. The same weekend, I think they might have been in the same. Yeah, uh, I actually, time. I went to, I went to Casper when I was a kid in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, 
So yeah, like they're well, anyway, just to, just to move the story further along, they're not interested yeah. in selling the house, Jane. Um, yeah, Jane, you yeah. fucking bitch. And then they, <laughs> then they go into town. I don't know. They go into a real the uh, hardware store because you know they need a lot of stuff like that. I think that is their store. That is they're their going store. on oh, vacation. They said Maitland on this, didn't it? Uh, Maitland, yeah, yeah, Maitland, and um, they're going on vacation, and then of course they go back over this bridge that looks like a red barn. But it's just yeah. all, just over a body water and the dog, a dog we'd seen earlier actually, it's yeah, a little dog and they kind of like I know like you haven't mm. stopped, but they there was such a I, I think Alec Baldwin killed them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and he just curves the shoe. <laughs> just dramatic. And yeah. I was just like, the brakes, the brakes. Yeah, because <laughs> he would have just gone straight. Yeah, across you were the just bridge. going onto yeah. a bridge. You were only going about like eight yeah. nine miles an hour, like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, oh my god, it's a doll. He's yeah, <laughs> <it's> like, hey, <laughs> turn the yeah. But uh, I, I thought the next, yeah, it's cool because they, they you know, they, they fall into the water. So there's a little bit of a will they, won't they, with the balance of yeah, the car. And, they go in the water. And then the dog, remember the dog standing just on the plank? Starts barking dancing. at the, just barking at the. Crash. No, the dog is like, yeah, he's like standing on the plank, and he's the counterbalance for the car. That's right, sure. right over the edge. And they're like trying to get the dog. Imagine if you're in that moment, though, where you're, you're literally your life, your life, or your your wife's life is on the back of this little fucking jit, like you know jittery dog. That's how yeah. get this sketch shit scared out of it. Like you know you're screwed. Well, you I, know, I'd be very like, curious about the physics of the situation. Yeah, if I'm honest, because yeah. the dog I'm weighed about the three kilos. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be whatever way the, the plank was positioned. Yeah, was keeping the he was just a ballast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think though they should have just jumped into the back of the car, and there would have been okay because they could have jumped in counter like, I'm thinking this situation the could have been handled better. <laughs> you know, I yeah, think <laughs> I think the situation could have been handled better. But they needed so, they needed to die first. That's all they did. Yeah. And so the next scene is excellent. Like they're they're back in the house and they're soaking wet. Yeah, so now we well now we don't know because when the last time we seen them, they were still teetering over the edge. So now it's like a, a, a did they or did they not kind of moment? I thought they did. did. They the dog's kind of standing over, barking at the car as it's going down. Yeah, yeah. Because you, like, you nearly like you don't know what to make now if they survived. If the dog, well, you're supposed I mean, to like. I mean, we know they didn't. We've seen like I mean, it's Beatles. Yeah. it's been around as long as you have. Um, yeah, but um, well, I mean, in terms of the story, oh, no, in terms of the story, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Like because. It's not. It's a thing that people do survive. It's a thing that people yeah. don't. So it's a good yeah. death in that in in the storytelling terms. Um, yeah. And they're just soaking wet and they're tired. And yeah. They've just the fire's the burning. The fire's burning. Really cool. I thought when they went up to the fire. Now I did, I, I didn't remember the film as well as I thought I was going to. But I thought when they yeah. got up to the fire that they'd noticed they couldn't feel the heat. Yeah, and they never really kind of put their hands to the fire, and all the all these things happen fairly quick succession. Oh, maybe you're right though. Well, her her fingers she, go on fire and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so maybe you are right in the sense because they couldn't feel the heat, so she put her hands he so close to the fire. Yeah, he never commented on it. Yeah. It kind of went like that, you know, because obviously they were feeling. And uh, but I would have been thinking like I cannot, you know, like an open an open wood fire. You can't yeah. you can't stand in front of it and not feel it. It, it would be yeah, it would twist your mind <laughs> like if that happened. Yeah, you know? uh, man. But then you know whatever there's there's a book there there there's uh, yeah she she sets her hand on fire yeah she sets her hand on fire he tries to step out of the house uh, this mm. is this is where the sandworms come in stop motion yeah out, like it visually was so different to everything else in the film insane shouldn't have worked the, worked the budget for this film was fifteen million like and every bit of it's on the screen every bit of it's on the screen she, like I mean you got Alec Baldwin mm. and Michael Keaton and Gina Davis who I guess weren't like. 
you know, like Alec Baldwin was had yeah. been in like Gina Davis was the superstar. Gina Davis probably was a superstar. Michael Keaton was known as a comedian. Um, Alec Baldwin, yeah. honestly, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure Alec Baldwin, yeah, but they weren't superstars. But they, still, they got money. Like that's where some of the money went. When Ona Ryder was in this film, oh for sure. Um, what's the name of the lady from Home Alone and Catherine O'Hara? Thank you. She, ooh, one looks incredible in this movie. She looks incredible in this movie. She really did. And yeah. um, the goth look suits her like yeah, amazingly well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, yeah. like uh, oh my god. <laughs> come back, like, the, Mrs. She... McAllister. You're looking fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you should never, let, yeah. You should just never let that woman near a house, is what you're kind of finding. Man. But, uh, but, um, yeah, he comes back in and she says, You've been gone for two hours. And he was like, He literally just yeah. stepped out on the, the sand and stepped back in. So, this is when you were like, Ah, not yeah. only are they dead, but it's not that they, they, they have no idea how long they've been dead. They could have been dead for this stage, it could have been dead for 10 years or, or 10 days. Yeah. Turns out to be in kind of in, yeah, exactly. in the two yeah. months kind of area. Yeah, exactly. So, like, pretty much, like, the, the realm of time and physics and all the way they used to understand it is totally gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. the ethereal, they've gone into the ethereal plane, they've gone into the completely yeah. unexplainable. And, um, yeah, so they figure out they're dead pretty quick and they take it quite well, I have to say. Yeah, they actually do, though. Like, I think, I, I think, though, if you're dead, I think if you, like, I, the way I look at it is like if if we die and there is something after it, I think you'd be just so happy that there's yeah, not, I nothing. Do. Well, I was thinking. You'd be, yeah, for, you know, you just you, you just be happy to still exist in yeah, some way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, I was like, uh, when someone suffered from panic attacks, I was like, I was like, oh wait, I don't, I wouldn't have a heartbeat or sweat glands. <laughs> you know yeah. What I, mean? like, I think I think that would probably take the take the. You won't be like, oh, I'm about to have a heart yeah. attack. Going, no, you you don't have a heart or <laughs> you don't have. Yeah, you know? uh, maybe that's what it is too, because maybe they are kind of relaxed because yeah, because they're not no they're never tired for sure. They're never tired yeah. at any stage in the film. You know what I mean? They're never like. In, they're just was kind of like nearly nonplussed yeah that's it that's it and that, yeah you get like you're in between gear two and three and you just stay there you know yeah exactly yeah they're perfectly in neutral yeah perfectly yeah yeah and, uh it's great because the film moves the film's pacing was always one of its strongest points that we, we see a family moving in and stuff and they want to get them out it doesn't really need a lot of explaining we see uh this is the first time we see beetlejuice don't forget about the book. The book. Oh, the book. Um, Don't forget about the, the book for, for the recently, recently dead, deceased. Dead. Recently deceased. Deceased. Oh, deceased. Deceased. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, they find that beside the fireplace. Yeah. And then he goes for the walk, and then he goes missing. And then, as you mentioned, so what? So what happens next? No. So um, time keeps on ticking. I guess you know time. Yeah. It shows. It shows outside after the day realized they're dead. That there's a for sale sign. On their house, yeah. so sneaky Jane has gotten her way. I don't um, know how we see <laughs> that. Like, must have had no next to Kane or something. Yeah, I suppose maybe. Yeah, like they had no kids or anything. So, yeah, but I don't know how she they had a pet for the house. I guess it went up for the house wasn't theirs. Yeah, at this stage you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a pet off. You would only been in it a wet week, and uh, obviously, yeah, the bite the bank repossessed or something. Yeah, exactly. And we have the new family moving in, and and of course, in keeping with Tim Burton, they're as eccentric as they could possibly be. Like, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's got such a weird imagination for how. Like, like I don't know if this like does he? Do you think it's Tim Burton that creates the characters, or do you think they're written that way? I think because he didn't write it. Like, so I don't know. Like, I, you have to understand that 
he, you know, how much Burton is Burton, if you know what I'm saying? I say, like, you know, he is such a visionary. Like, I mean, he's so obsessed with aesthetic. Like, he's yeah. There's certain directors like Cronenberg and stuff where everything is aesthetic. Not everything. That's not fair to them, but it's, it's huge. Yeah. Part. So even the way somebody, I, I could see him, like, what they're associated yeah, with. Even the way you move, I could see Burton like having a problem with it or loving it. So like, why do you think he works with Johnny yeah. Depp so often? There's there was a quirkiness to Depp's yeah. kind of style of acting that he just went, yes, that's that's what I yeah. want. Like, I, I want him to be Edward Scissors. Yeah, I want to be Edward Scissors hands and I want him to be the you know the the um serial killer. Willy Wonka, Willy I want Wonka. Him to be Ichabod Crane, I want him to be the Mad Hatter. Who was, it's like, just gonna annoy me. Who was the barber musical slitting people's throats? Uh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. That one would have bugged me, thank the you. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. That's, I've never seen it. Yeah, the, I have actually, it's not bad. But um yeah, so he so I say massively. Because obviously when he got somebody like Johnny Depp who just is what he imagines people to be, uh, what he wants people yeah. to be. So yeah, obviously he does he does see things that way. I'm sure, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure the script is written and he okayed have, it, but he had a vision. Do you have an issue with uh, director actors doing multiple collaborations like that? Yes, a little bit. Um, you know, like I mean, the, the the product is the product. It's either good or not. I mean, you know, mm. you, we you micromanage it a bit, and that's just the way people view films, and that's fine. So do I, but. Um, the, the proof should always be in the pudding, but at the same time, I always think like comfort. The last thing I want my director to be is comfortable. Yeah, because it's it staunches his storytelling abilities. Exactly. Yeah, I just I, I just hate them. You don't want them getting into the same bed every night. You know what I mean? You want them moving and thinking and and like I mean that's yeah. why Spielberg is just so highly regarded. Like he, he's so often you become... can look to look at him and say, "Wow, he got so far out of his comfort zone and did this and did this." You know. Yeah, like I'm so like it's like even with Martin Scorsese similar. Like there's so many times you'd see a film or you find a film and you'd no idea they directed it. Yeah, because it's so different to what they'd normally do. Exactly. You know, yeah. like I mean, you've said Spielberg who did E.T. and did Saving Private Ryan, and you showed and he did War Horse. Yeah, and he did War. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. And you tell me something that Tim Burton that did that like that that spanned something like that. Yeah. Because like, when you see a Burton movie, you immediately know it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Like you know, he did uh, Spielberg did Jaws, and he also did Goonies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, he's so. So you think um, directors have multiple collaborations with actors? Sometimes I don't know. I, I it just it, that's what I mean. It's just comfort. I don't like it. No, I just I mean, like, do you think it's emblematic of uh, an overall thing about their persona that they don't like to expand too much creatively? And so they sometimes lean back on the similar actors over and over again, and people that collaborate with same actors. Like, because you look at a lot of the best directors, like they normally have very varied casts in a lot of their movies, and then people that do lean under on similar actors constantly, their films tend to get worse. Yeah, I think like I think along. making a film can be stressful. Man. I know you get millions and of course compensation, and it's the dream job for God. It's probably one of the top three jobs that anyone in the world would want of course you know more people mm. probably want to get in the director's chair than a, a rocket ship you know um yeah but, it uh, used to be like rock star actor director so yeah. it's probably like youtuber but now now we know more about directors or, uh, now you know what i mean like we we yeah. do like but um yeah so i do think that when making a film is one of the most stressful things you can take on though especially when like when it's, it's your film because yeah. an actor could just switch off you know samuel l jackson could do 11 films in a year uh, yeah. I think he did like something like that. This is why yeah. I picked him. Um, but yeah, that annoys me because there's so many actors that could have got that work instead of him, and there's so many actors that would have poured their heart and soul into yeah. it. You, you can't pour instead your heart of, and instead soul. of just playing themselves. Yeah, you can't pour your heart and soul into eleven project. You can't. 
Um, yeah, because like, but um, like, there's very, there's very few instances where an actor like Samuel L. Jackson doesn't play Samuel L. Jackson anymore. Like, you know, he plays the same type very of character true. in a lot of his films. You know, like there's a couple of films like maybe if you look at Django Unchained, where he played like the the kind of subservient um, house slave in. Uh, that you had to be so fucking careful what I said that there. Um, so pretty much like uh, the way <laughs> it's so hard to describe that without like landing on landmines here. Yeah, you know, well, so, I mean, you he know, was. It was about there's about slave era. Yeah, he was the kind of the guy that said like you know massa. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was like yeah. the whole thing is he went to the other spectrum. He was extremely a broken human. I mean, they talk yeah. a human being and domesticated him. Yeah, exactly. And that's just so such like, a dark kind of thing to think about. Yeah, know? and that was one of the few times I think Samuel L. Jackson's really, um, you know, given his layers to his abilities because he was hilarious in that film. But um, I think in a lot of times he plays himself, and maybe like you know, not to stray too far off topic, but like when it comes back to like so uh, Johnny Depp being in a lot of Tim Burton movies, and I just think eventually it kind of leads to the same thing. You start seeing the actor instead of the character. Yes. And this is an issue I have with actors becoming overexposed and being in too many things. Yes. Because, like, look at The Rock. Like, as we remember, we, we mentioned before, many times I said that in the early part of The Rock's career, The Rock played characters. In the later part of The Rock's career, The Rock played The Rock. The Rock is higher to be you, The Rock now. Yeah, which, that's uh, that's what happens, though, because you, you, you don't see the characters Jack anymore. Black. You see the actor. Yeah, Jack Black, exactly. For a period of time there, he was just... He was just Kevin Hart, they were all in Jumanji. Like they were all literally yeah. hired to be themselves in Jumanji, you know, like yeah. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? There's just there I know there are safe bare hands and they're definitely gonna get butts in the in the seats when yeah, it comes yeah. to cinema, like pre COVID and stuff. But like I just think eventually when an actor becomes overexposed or is in too many roles with a similar director that eventually you just see the actor, not the characters. I can't that takes, agree, yeah. And sometimes yeah, I don't that, even like I I I like a show I won't watch a blooper reel or something until long after I'm finished. Because I yeah, just because yeah. I know it's acting. Of course, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, but there's an illusion that I like. Yeah, so what you always say is suspend your disbelief. Suspend your it? disbelief. Yeah, there's an illusion yeah. that I like, and uh, hmm. and I think you you're you, yeah you get disconnected from that. You can just see Tim Burton and Johnny Depp in between takes. You can just see it in your head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that's not what you should be thinking about. You should be lost in the world a bit, especially a Tim Burton. World. Especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you bet me too. Like, yeah. yeah, especially these kind of words, you should like, never be film. thinking this about just, reality. This film is just, boy, you just feel like you're in a fever dream the entire time. Like, yeah, you know? you know what I mean. Like everything seems like it's off balanced, off kilter. The way the cameras presented, yeah. the shot is taken. The way the the floors are uneven, the walls are like weird shapes, and everything yeah. just feels uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like you're wearing clothes that just don't fit your eye. That's actually you know a good way of putting it. Because yeah. it don't fit your reach. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah, it's, like dangerous or it's not like scary, even per se, but it's not right yeah. either. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, do you know when you have like a like a t shirt and you know it's nice and then you put it on, it's just slightly too tight. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, it just doesn't, you know, it just yeah. everything feels kind of restrictive or something in yeah. this movie, like, you know. But um, so like, yeah, so like now they find out they're dead. Right, let's get to it. So to the, it, the other family, the other family have moved in. Um, uh, Barbara and Adam realize they're dead. They've come to terms with it pretty quickly, it seems. And now they realize that if this family is going to come in, they're going to change everything because we get introduced. Because this, this is where we kind of got off uh, off topic when we're talking about Catching O'Hara. So we get that's, introduced. That's to, yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah, we we get introduced to to Catching O'Hara's Delia and her husband. Actually, her daughter is. Her daughter is played by Winona Ryder, super Steph, young Winona Ryder. Step, stepdaughter. 
Oh, a stepdaughter, Lydia, yeah. is played by Winona Ryder, and her husband, uh, Jeffrey Jones, uh, plays Charles. Is <laughs> her Charles? Yeah. So I got uh, too much new... on Jeffrey Jones. Oh, what? Oh, why? Does he have uh, bad stuff in his real world? Oh, like you know the thing you're not supposed to be caught with on your computer. Oh shit! Right, two thousand and two. Oh, yeah. Okay. And soliciting um, and yeah, yeah, dark man. The bad Car- Carly, Carly can bleep out his name if you want. People think we're all political. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think I mean, we're against like, you know people trying to solicit children for sex. I don't know if it's that political. <laughs> <laughs> Typical <Yeah>. liberals, <laughs> you know. Yeah. These fucking guys. These uh, fucking guys. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, you know, I actually didn't know that. Um, he's in like like the other Tim Burton movies, Sleepy Hollow and stuff like that. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. And Ferris um, Bueller's Day Off and Beethoven and stuff. He's you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know about any of that. Um, Disappointing. Personal shit. Yeah. Yeah, it is because like there's another actor that we grew up loving. Yes. And to find out this kind of shit, like you know, it's really, really distasteful. Like really, really distasteful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really annoying too because you build up these people in your head that you grow up. Like it'd be like finding out Charles Borden was uh, a fucking mass murderer. You yeah. know the guy from Beethoven. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, but dude, I grew up with you. You yeah. fucking raised Beethoven. Rick Moranis. Killing people. See where Rick Moranis. Yeah. Somebody, some some lad walking down the street just sucker punched Rick Moranis, mm. and people were like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> like, you know? do, do you think though Rick Moranis might shrink that dude's kids? <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Mean, like, that's there, a fair point. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. There might be something to it there. He has a history. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. He has a history. Like, you know. Yeah, and he never learns. Uh, like, um, yeah. So anyway, back to the film. So, finally, yes. So this fucking new f- uh, family move in, and they're really weird. Yeah. Like, uh, Delia walks in, like, and she's kind of like got her interior director in tow. They like allude that they moved from New York. They're like, you know. The the arty farty kind of bourgeois oh. kind of class, you know. Oh, like and obviously dialed up to ten, you know, yeah. like even dialed complete up to exaggerated 10. version. Yeah, of it. yeah, absolute parody of it. Yeah, um, while also capturing it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's getting the performance by I mean, that's all you have to say about that. She's so good in this movie. She's so good in this movie. Uh, she's, Where does she go? Where does she go? Yeah, after she, she was in um, Shit's Creek. Six seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, I haven't watched it. But Eugene Levy was absolutely it? spectacular. And, yeah, and his son, or unless Eugene Levy is the son, uh, the father's yeah, son. It's on Netflix. Spectacular. Netflix now, isn't it? And she is the best thing about. Oh, she's so funny. And she plays she's a bougie, in a lot. kind of washed up uh, soap opera actress. You know, like she, she's in. She's fantastic. She's in a lot of um, those kind of mockumentary type movies by oh, what's the director's name? He did like best in show, um, uh, and he did like the fucking one with the mascots. Um, sorry. So, um, yeah, no. So pretty much when so you talk us through the the this new family moving in, Winona Ryder, yeah, Catherine O'Hara, uh, the other dude that will remain nameless, and um, we'll just talk about how the difference in the style from this homestead warm postcardy feel like yeah. you know countryside feel from adam and barbara to small but they, they, they were a human version of a wrecking ball yeah you know, you know because they came in and they were like that goes down that wall goes down we're tearing out this we have to hope you know and uh so instantly you'd be like they want them out you didn't even really have to explain to you even though they do say it they're like obviously they're going to want them out and they even tried to make an impression earlier on there's a great scene where they open up the wardrobe or, or 
about the panties yeah. and they go oh, and Gina Davis is hanging there and she pulls the skin off her face and her eyes bulge yeah. out and all that kind of stuff and they go oh we just have to hope the other closets are bigger <laughs> and you're just like yeah. yes <laughs> and then you know Alec um, Baldwin Alec Baldwin in, yeah really had the time Alec Baldwin is decapitated in the study and Gina yeah. Davis is holding his head and they're like, <laughs> just, they're like they just they hate the decoration so much and uh yeah this is where the dad what did you make of sorry what did you make of your man he's like proto cam if you've ever seen like modern family he's proto cam <laughs> he's so like Cameron from modern family oh my god <laughs> he is no proto way cam. yeah he's he's absolutely he is um, the movies I was talking about a second ago were uh, directed by uh, Christopher Guest. Just so before we move on to talking about this guy called Otho, played by Glenn Shaddix. I, n- I have no idea who the actor is, but he reminded me um, like uh, Cameron from Modern Family on steroids or something. Oh my god! <laughs> like, Cam grew up on a farm. This guy would be Cam yeah. if he literally did grow up inside of that bougie scene, like you know. Yeah, like, if no, he grew no, up in New no York, grounding right? in his background, no honest. Yeah. Hard work no, no Mitch to restrain him. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah, absolutely yeah. unchained, like Cam unchained. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, and then went on the writer, the the got the got daughter misunderstood all that jazz. Uh, <laughs> she likes the house it has spiders and stuff you know like uh, yeah and the father just he's a real estate tycoon so he has money and he just wants somewhere to get away from it all you know uh so their kind of mo's are explained quite quickly the film can just glaze by them but they realize that they they try to scare them but they can't see them or touch them yeah you know what i mean yeah. there's absolutely nothing they can do so they go back to this book and alec baldwin's been uh, sorry what's uh, what's his character's name Adam. Adam has been scrolling through it and he reads this chapter about you draw a door. Now this, this scene I thought was great. <laughs> they ignore the Beetlejuice uh, ad. This was the first time we saw Beetlejuice. Mm. And then he did draw a door and she was like, did you really think that was going to work? And I'm like, what are you talking about, woman? Yeah, yeah. Sandworms. Over. <laughs> I love I, I the way... Well, he hasn't. She hasn't seen the sandworms yet, though, has she? Not her. No, not her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, well, you're, you're um, dead. I, like you're, you're literally. I dead. love the way he's like, "Oh, sorry," and he like clicks his fingers and he runs over and draws a handle on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, he, and then he knocks. Yeah. <laughs> and Andrew's just, oh, it's just the beauty of Tim. Just the imagination of he goes into and the, the music. Way, yeah, he goes into the waiting room and oh, mm. oh man, the shrunken head my, guy, the the, the cigarette man, guy. Every single dead person in that is just like so eye catching. Oh. The, the special effects is incredible. So iconic. Like, yeah, I oh, mean, as you said, the shrunken head guy, the woman, the woman cut in half. The guy who's choked on a, somehow an entire bone, like you know, like an yeah. Entire <laughs> yeah, yeah, like come on, no, I'll explain the yeah, physics about how, how does that you know. <laughs> <laughs> how does that dude choke on that? What's he doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like number one, is he eating a dinosaur? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and number two, is he eating it whole? <laughs> there's the there's the there's the shrunken head guy who's iconic as well. Yeah, um, oh, the shrunken head guy is awesome. I'd love to get like flecked with him or something. Yeah, so I remember awesome. they did exist. A cousin of mine I was obsessed with this film uh, when I was a kid, and he had loads of stuff from Beetlejuice. But um, but anyway, yeah, this they're like, "What are you doing here? You've only been dead for two months." And they're they're calling like ticket number fifty six million, fucking two hundred fifty one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, they realized that like, if they want to pass over, if they wait in this room for like decades, probably. Yeah. 
Uh, so, they, they, this is when they realize that um, they have a 125 year stay in the house ahead of them. Yeah. And that uh, um, pretty much the whole idea is now that like they've been advised to haunt the people. out. If you don't like anyone that moves in there, you're going to stay there for 125 years. That you should haunt the people out yourselves because yeah. you only get so many help tokens or some shit like this. And um, this this is where they get uh, introduced or the told about their case manager Juno. Juno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this the, the woman's fucking awesome. The woman uh, <laughs> she tells them that people who commit suicide end up working kind of in clericals. She said, "I wish I knew that before I had my accident." And she shows yeah. her slip wrist. <laughs> oh my god! That's where they, he's, yeah. they're sitting there for a while, and the the, the burnt to death guy. It's like offers, oh, offers him a cigarette and he goes, I'm trying to cut down myself. <laughs> just... I love that this, the effects for the burnt to death guy, you know, are, is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, or when they go back, remember the flat guy? The guy like, <laughs> remember he's like, uh, do I look okay? There's no mirrors. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. I'm feeling a little flat. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure to see that, like, that guy's been dead for 40 years or something. Yeah. Like, like, he can't possibly still be finding that joke funny. Like. <laughs> Unless the way time is constricted, you know. Fair. Could, yeah. He could have been there two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the physics of humor. The physics of humor, yeah. So they go back. Yeah. Um, I think they've, they're gone. They meet Juno first. They meet Juno. And they mention yeah, Beetlejuice they're... to her. She's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And of course, this, and he, you don't take a used warning. to be her assistant. Used to be her assistant. Went rogue. Mm. All he can, only way he can come back. They've got rid of him. The only way he can come back is to say his name three oh. times. Not very little explanation. Before before they meet Juno, I remember they come across the the room of exercise souls. Oh, I think we should mention this because it comes cool. to yeah, the end because later. they said um, this is death for the dead. Yeah, that's a really good line. It's a though, really isn't good it? line. Yeah, because uh, and it makes you actually really be like. It throws a whole different stint on exorcism because yeah. anytime you see an exorcism movie, you wanted the demon or the dead or whatever, yeah, whoever's possessed yeah, and the living absolutely. to be gone. And you don't realize that, like, you know what I mean? That, like, it is actually dead. Well, so think about this. Beetlejuice is shot entirely from the perspective of the people that are dead. And not not, yeah. in, not, not in the way the others were shot, where that, yeah. that's, that's the... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was out of or something. Spoiler! Yeah, yeah. But, like, this was very openly, almost like documentary side of it, you know, like just a day yeah. in the life or something, a day in the afterlife. Um, and um, What did you make of Juno when she was, like, smoking a cigarette? And it was coming out of the hole in the Oh my god. I think that was almost Rick and Morty. How did she stuff. die? You know what I mean? How like, did she die? Like, yeah, someone slit her throat. Well, she was smoking, yeah. I, I, I think, think that I think she was supposed to have had like a tracheotomy. I think I pronounced it wrong, but that tracheotomy, tracheotomy, and uh, like that, it was a clean, it was a clean cut, like <laughs> you know, it yeah. was. A, but um, yes, I, I look look like to me like she had a had a throat slip. But I thought that scene would have been um like I was going to say hilarious, but you know it would have been funny. Or it's hard to describe because you're talking about like you know she's smoking a cigarette through her throat. Yeah. That's a, that's what I was expecting, you know, kind of like I think it was Family Guy or American Dad, where there's the L one in it, and she's like smoking fags through her neck. Like yeah. I think it was a Bill Hicks that said, and Bill Hicks is like a huge cigarette smoker, and he was like, 
Uh, when you're smoking a cigarette, you're holding your neck. Like that's a level of commitment that I just don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking legend. Ah, uh, was a legend, unfortunately. So yeah, but, uh, so yeah, he. So they get introduced. Like Juno, pretty much. This is the exposition dump, as they like to call it in movies, where we get all the information out about the netherworld. Yeah, a little bit about Beetlejuice, how to do hauntings, the whole idea of the hundred twenty-five years. Yeah, this whole portion we is like we the know, information we know, portion of the movie. Yeah. We know what's going on from their perspective, yeah. like the unanswered mm. kind of things. It's also incredibly strange and unusual, but um, yeah. but it doesn't matter. You just you need something. Let's think about Tim Burton film. You don't need to be drowned in it. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it it's not like a, an espionage film or something. Um, such a hard thing to understand anyway, that so you can be very vague with your explanations. That's the thing, like, like yeah. Um, but they're back in the house, and then they realize they're going to have to haunt, but they're so bad at it. Do you, do you remember, though, they realized that they've been gone for, like, another three months or so? Yeah. The been, whole house yeah. has been completely redecorated. Yeah, they, they, there's people outside, like, moving in all the art and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, and that's when they realize they have to get to work, because they've actually lost more time than they realized. And obviously, yeah. the longer someone's there, the more of a home it actually becomes to them. So you want to get them yeah. out, like, now, let's do it. So they get some sheets and they cut holes in them and, and it's sad. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. tragic. Uh, man, Michael Myers would beg to differ. Yeah. There's something creepy about that though. There is something creepy about that. Like, you know, I'm like... Uh, uh, <laughs> I literally cannot say what I was going to say. But like, you know, there's... <laughs> I was going to... Like, it, it's just... Sometimes you just have to sense yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, but like you know, uh, there's just something really, really creepy about like, like if you're walking in the hall and you just see somebody standing there in a sheet, and it's just like absolutely fucking emotionless. You know? Yeah, no, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But you have to understand yeah. that he, like the father, they try and get first, um, and he he has the eccentric wife and the extremely goth daughter. Like this is yeah whatever. There's two. There's somebody there with with with. And he's just like and he's so defeated, isn't he? He's yeah. just like I want this room. Just leave this room. Yeah. The way the it is. Ask for this room. <laughs> your mother's gonna kill yeah, you when yeah. she finds out your calls are three hundred dollar sheets. Yeah. And uh, oh my god, yeah. And then, and then they <laughs> go into Delia's room, and it's brilliant because like she just like sits up in the bed, and then she just turns off the television, <laughs> and she goes yeah. back to sleep. And uh, she's watching wrestling or something. She's watching wrestling. Um, <laughs> but uh, then that's this is when we're introduced to an writer in in proper fashion. She's read the yeah. book, which yeah. we find out if you read the book, you have some sort of connection to the dead that yeah. living people can't have. So it's not supposed to be read by the living. Is the short because she says something along the lines like uh, uh, the living normally ignore the unexplained or something like that. But that, this book was um, strange and unusual, and I myself. Somewhat yeah. strange and unusual. The famous. Oh yeah, thing. that's what it is. Humans tend to ignore the strange and the usual. Oh yeah, I, oh, strange and the unusual. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So and like, she's super got. She's like, oh, she takes she's it in so her stride. She's she takes it in yeah. her stride. Like, yeah. Um, she's completely cool, completely chill. She had a great line as well. that goes, "You're not going to be able to scare, scare Delia. She sleeps with Prince Valium <laughs> tonight." <Yeah. laughs> like uh, so yeah, so it's great. They have Actually, an this is before before they actually speak to her we actually we one part we did forget is when they opened the door she saw the green light um 
come out. Do you remember when they opened the door to the, the nether realm or whatever? Right, she did. Um, yeah. She sees the greenness. So she's like literally, um, watch, because she's kind of investigating because she has a feeling that the house is haunted because she mentions it beforehand. That's something we forgot because she does, she does actually mention previously that she thinks the house is haunted before they actually start full on haunting them. Yeah. And that's why she's kind of like, she finds the book and she's more open to the fact that, you know, that she's after meeting ghosts is because she actually knew or had a feeling that the house was haunted in the first place, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, the, she's the kind of unshakable one in it. And it suits her character because that's the way she was introduced. Is that like, you know, yeah. going through those teenage years but she was kind of like really, really gothic and really, really dark and just loved all that. So they had, like, you know the way usually you have your man on the inside? They kind of had their man, well, woman, on the other side. You know, they had yeah. somebody with a foothold in the living world who they could actually count on as an ally. So that was the first first bit of good news they got since they died, yeah. really. He, he nearly sounded like King Willie from Predator 2 there. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I know where he is <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, so do I actually. I think it's underappreciated. Um, so yeah, where are we? They try the they, they up the ante with the yeah. Because oh, this is this them. is where we get the, the yeah. She says the sheets aren't going to cut it. This is where we get yeah. Dale. Yeah, because oh. the Catherine O'Hara, um, Delia, they have all her friends come from New York. Apart Which, from and she's so bougie. This is a big deal. Like this is a yeah, big exactly deal. because. Yeah, because it's their house in the country. Connecticut. You know I mean, like, I remember yeah. her saying that in the scene. It's in Connecticut, so can, this is like, and they're from big, the big smoke, and this was a big deal. It had to go well. Yeah, exactly. She had so, all her terrible she's, hours she's out a, and all that. Oh yeah, what did you make her as a sculptor? Oh, like, I mean, hard <laughs> is subjective, but it was obviously she was like intentionally awful. You know what I mean? Like just intentionally. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> It's like art is subjective, but her art is subjectively bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, she has all the hobnobs from New York come in or whatever, and she's going to host this big dinner party. And she's showing you know the remodeled house and you know how upper class they are and how awesome they are. And it's and as you said, this is where we get the day O scene, which is like fucking iconic. Some oh. of the worst lip syncing of all time, but like absolutely iconic. Like. Oh. And the scene, what did the you dance. make of the scene? Like the whole. Oh, I loved it. Like, Everything about it. They sit down, and then their shrimp cocktail comes. Is turns out to be a shrimp hand, and it grabs them and it pulls them into. Yeah. Their, into their, <laughs> oh, absolutely beautiful. Just, just I don't know. Like this is it. Like, I, like never ending story and stuff. There was a lot of magic in the eighties that we, I think we've lost. <laughs> and that's yeah, just me being old and nostalgic. Yeah, true enough. <laughs> I, again, cocaine, I think it was the struggle. I think it was trying to overcome yeah. stuff that's easily done now. I yeah, watched, like cocaine addiction. Yeah, cocaine addiction. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 God, I watched like the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, the first episode. There was, there was more in that first scene of a TV, yeah. what's now a TV show, than 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 there was in the entirety of the eighties. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they really had to like, okay, we need to fly or we need to that we need ghosts to hover we need to do this they had to get clever they had to get creative yeah and i think they had to have an awful lot of creative types on set just even pull that scene yeah. off obviously they had that people under the table they had the cut holes in it they had to put hands in the drinks with the shrimp yeah and, you know because they were clearly just not and i, I just love it it's just something <laughs> so magical about that to me 
I'd love if CGI mm. Beetlejuice reminds me that I wish CGI was, was wielded as a tool and not not literally yeah. a basis. Like, don't get me wrong, like make your yeah, yeah. make your avatars. Like because the premise yeah. itself insists upon because yeah, everybody needs to see um Francis Wolves talk through the guise of blue aliens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> True that's, enough, like, well, that's what literally what avatar is. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying the premise of your film is whatever, like hey, Dick Sally. <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 it was magic there, man, and it really bugs me. Like, I mean, it actually makes me sad in one way, and I really enjoy it in another. But, like, do you think Beetlejuice? Like, I know there's a sequel on the horizon. It's one of the reasons we thought it would be kind of up to. There's talks of a sequel. I'm not sure if it's confirmed. Whatever on the on the horizon, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton. I bet you it ends up on Netflix if it happens, because I know Tim Burton's working with an Adams Family type thing with them. And um, so, like, do you think Beetlejuice? Without this, like, I know the sequel might get made, and I know this question might seem odd because of the sequel and the reason. Do you think Beetle just gets made today? No. Like, the first one? No. I think, like, I'd love... Obviously, you'd have to have Tim Burton do it or not do it at all. Yeah. You just you can't. That's... Right there would be too much of a departure. You couldn't be like, oh, I'm trying to yeah. invoke my inner Tim Burton. I grew up watching Tim Burton, and I'm going to try and make a, Tim, a film that Tim Burton could be proud of. Um, don't get me wrong, Zack Snyder has actually made me re rethink, you know, re rethink a person with enough passion for a project. But anyway, it needs to be Tim Burton, and I just it just has to be somebody who wants to get back to the roots because that's what this film is. It's his roots. Yeah, yeah. And do you um, have any issue with it being such a long delayed sequel if the sequel does come out? Sure, prove, like I mean, it's like it's almost like sports. It's man. gonna it's be heavily result. CGI, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's what I. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind like like. There were scenes in Beetlejuice that kind of were would have been CGI, like Beetlejuice's spinning head where he comes out of the table and he's kind of a, he's yeah. like a funfair ride kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like he, that that would be CGI now, and it would look more authentic in a yeah. way. That's fine. I just I, I want him to kind of I won't even mind like I love when they, they lean from animatronic into CGI. Yeah. yeah. There's something fluid about it, uh, like they did in in subsequent Alien films. Had, you mean use both like I'm use both yeah use both yeah. just use like just try and make the most honest film you can I don't want them to go uh, huge because that's what people do like yeah. they bring it back and go huge like yeah. at first it was a building and then the next it's the world or something you yeah. know what I mean like yeah they always go bigger they always go that's, and, and yeah. the bigger is not better it's not yeah, often it's often bigger loses the essence yeah or, or it's not necessarily worse it's yeah. but they treat bigger like it's better. They treat it like that's the thing that improves films. It's mm. shit is scope. And yeah, see, like, and I mean, like a million deaths in a film, like a, a, an asteroid takes out New York City. You don't care. Yeah. But you could take yeah. you could you could focus on one one person's because life. It's a disconnect. It's a disconnect. You can focus on and, and then you're really you're watching a film, like you know. Then you can yeah. focus on one person's life inside of New York. Yeah. And, and it's you feel like everything. when you watch. Just for example, like, as you say, asteroids, like, if you watch Armageddon, like, the debt of Paris being wiped out, it doesn't hit you as hard as no. Bruce Willis dying at the end because exactly. you know, that character. That's an actually an excellent, that's it, that's exactly what it is. He was yeah. one person, um, that should be awesome, one person's given up his life through, through his own, like, yeah. consensus. Yeah, but because you know him. And yeah, because you know. You've seen his journey through and you know that's what it. Kind if of they don't do that in Beetlejuice, it's, if, yeah. and that's it, like, films today... They don't have the, as much heart. Beetlejuice yeah. had so much heart. And the thing is, as well, like when you look at like 
you know what's going to happen if there's a Beetlejuice 2, that scene, that famous scene, day or whatever, that, like that's going to be 600 people singing it instead of just a dinner table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or it's no, going to be right. like yeah. a, a Bollywood interpretation of yeah. it or so. You know what I mean? They're going to just go so big that it's going to just going to be like, it's going to be off-putting. And you know what I mean? It's just like... I, 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 think, I don't want to go off the track, but I, I'm sorry to just interject, but I, I found like The Force yeah. Awakens, people are, I, I'm not as big a Star Wars guy as other people, but I love Star Wars. Yeah. I grew up in Star Wars. Um, I'm an yeah. 80s kid. But, um, uh, but they took the a new hope. They took everything up to the and destruction of the Death Star, and they just put it on a bigger scale. That's all they did. Yeah, they had a, a, a ship that could go to a planet and blow it up, and then they had a, a yeah. bigger ship that could blow up multiple planets. Star Killer Base. Yeah, from thousands of light years away. That, that you know, like mm-hmm. it, it was just like a huge. Scale. Then there was a, a person who was too old to really be trained, but was extremely powerful in the use of the Force. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we get it. They went from a girl, you know, like from Luke, who could do this and the other, to a girl who was like literally God tier inside of like an hour's yeah. training or something, you know. Yeah, Ray, Ray no training. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Not to get too off topic, but because we will do Star Wars when we were talking. Yeah, we, we said, I'm do... just saying that that's it. But, that I don't want to see Beetlejuice on, yeah, on, on, we, a, on, a, on a huge scale. I just, I just want yeah, to. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I think the best way you said, like, it has so much heart and you just don't want to see it lose its heart by yeah. expanding so much, you know what I mean? That it becomes unrecognizable as Beetlejuice. And, um, like, I know, I know Kevin Smith spoke about that. There was supposed to be, like, a Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii script that he was showing at one stage. He mentioned it, I think, in an evening, Kevin Smith. Like, shit like that really kind of makes you worry about what we're. Yeah, thank God my probably you turned know, that yeah. down, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you've yeah. seen some so, of the tripe that gets released. You wonder what wasn't made. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. You know, so like I'm sure there's like hundreds of scripts going around that will never see the light of day like that. Or like the bad, end of Indiana Jones, just that warehouse. <laughs> you yeah, know? Just... like there isn't there. There's uh, not here, but there's a scene in Indiana Jones where he climbs into a fridge. That was actually Robert Zemeckis, I think, in Back to the Future. I think that was one of the earlier drafts, and I think that got taken out. I think it was Back to the Future and ends up in Indiana Jones. Steven Spielberg produced Back to the Future, I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Yeah. Robert Zemeckis directed it, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's total, it's total side note. Just so, you know, Steven Spielberg ripped off Robert Zemeckis' idea, just putting that out she there. She went to that in the cinema, and she told me, her friend, Claude, and she told me, I never need to see that film. Yeah, uh, <laughs> So he survives a nuclear explosion by climbing into a fridge, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Good. It was, yeah, it was one of the old school fridges, made of lead. Yeah, and it, it <laughs> threw him, like, across the state. <laughs> And he landed. Yeah. It. It should have been a brutal death. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but like yes, yeah, so, so we <laughs> to right. get back on top. Back on top. Yeah. But um, uh, so like you have that famous scene with the Deo, um, the singing, the dancing. They're being controlled now, and then we see like right after that is a moment of celebration from Alec Baldwin. Yeah, they run upstairs, they, look they, out the window, and they're expecting literally. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, they're like fleeing terror or something. I keep saying, like, you know what I mean. And they're looking at the cars and they realize they're not running away. And then when one writer comes up and she said that they want them to come down, that they've pretty much accepted. Well, I like the whole thing in that scene. They, they opened the door and she's quite deadpan, and that was her character. Yeah. Like, you know, that was that wasn't a, la- an a-, a lack of acting prowess. That was her doing the character. Yeah, she was like she's awesome in this movie. She's excellent in this movie, and she goes, "They want you to come yeah. down, like." They said, like, I don't yeah, know. They, they were it's like when you're drink. talking to friends. And then, like, it's all down you know, sitting yeah. around having a drink and, and, and uh, they're all like, 
doing the dance moves and stuff and talking about how amazing it was and just they were just they, they <laughs> experienced something so incredible but this is a very relevant scene because they won't come down so they they all go up and they hang yeah. out the window and Otto yeah. takes the book yeah for the recently yeah. diseased sorry diseased yeah and, uh, <laughs> sorry i can't not call it that now and um and uh that's that's extremely relevant for kind of layer on in the film but this is when they decide that yeah it, they need a pro it's extremely relevant in Tuka, yeah, exactly because when the book goes that's when they realize that they need extra yeah. help like to get rid of these people and uh, as gina davis put it or as Alec, one of them put it that we can't hang out this window for 125 years that's exactly what gina davis said it can't hang yeah. out the window for 125 years and then they say yes yeah. so they, they said they looked at their little model that they knew Beetlejuice grave in it, and they said, "I love that model in it, though." Oh, it's it's fantastic, so cool. I have something to Detail. comment on. I'm going to rush to it. They say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, like you do a Candyman, like you do a Bloody Mary. You pause for a second, yeah. and then you go Beetlejuice, and they go in. They just there's that spinning effect, and then they're they're in the model. Alec Baldwin picks up on it pretty quick, but then yeah. two shovels <laughs> are seen, and they said you have to dig. Now this is the thing: they're digging, but obviously, they're, what they're actually digging through is cardboard. And I yeah. just noticed that every piece of cardboard they digged up had the word fragile on it. You know, because cardboard. Oh, really, yeah. And I was just thinking, wait a minute, you're like 1,000 scale right now. So did you have like cardboard that had like fragile written on it in like, <laughs> <laughs> in like yeah, you get, one millimeter writing like all yeah. over it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I'm pretty sure. So there's a couple of moments where Gina Davis shovels absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, her shovels yeah. completely empty. <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> she's yeah, she's but, like I'm Gina Davis, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even I don't even pretend to do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. But this is it. This is like this is the moment you've been waiting for. This is the introduction of Avengers. Yeah. Nothing about this scene disappoints. Uh, yeah. Except I would like to say because there's a remake and stuff coming up. It it wouldn't play. It wouldn't play today. Beetlejuice can come out and he can be everything. I said this and I'll say it. Uh, but you can't be a pervert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you forget. Yeah. Like you forget. And it is. I, I do get. Like when you look back on stuff in the future, through it, it depends the lens that's presented yeah. to you. It does. Like you kind of put. Like, I, I, yeah. I tried to think of him as a sociopath. He's literally the bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Yeah. So no, you know, I just think that he does so much worse things in it. That's what I think. But <laughs> you know what there's I mean? something that makes you uncomfortable yeah. versus something that's monstrous. There's first something's kind of hilariously yeah. monstrous, but he kisses Gina Davis and he's trying to make best friends. He's doing a lot of satirical, magical stuff. He flies out of college. Michael Keaton's unreal in this movie. Michael Keaton's fantastic. He is a tour de force. He mm. just arrives. Um, yeah. And uh, even like, you know, he's trying, he's gone for the big sale and he's like suddenly dressed exactly like Alec Baldwin. And all <laughs> I like, love that. Do you know what he's like? like they want his qualifications, and he just does the. We see him from behind, and he just does the face <laughs> thing, where it's just like snakes or something. Uh, no, do you know what? Like, what your qualifications? Like, I did uh, several years in Juilliard. I went to Harvard Business School. <laughs> <and> the... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, man, he's so fucking good in this. He's... He owns the second half of the movie. Oh, he does, yeah. And he's like, and they use him. They don't overuse him either. No. They use him very like not sparingly, but you know they use him so efficiently. I think is the best way to that's the thing. That's mm. the thing that they actually use something 
really, really well. And I, I, this is yeah. the last time I want to get off topic, and it's me doing it. So he says it as if he's given a. But I, I see yeah. Rob Zombie say to Joe Rogan that when he was making something in the 90s, I can't remember who the biggest actor was at the time. You know what it was? I do remember. Howard yeah. Stern's private parts had come out. It was dominating the cinemas. It was meant yeah. for relatively little money, and it was dominating the cinemas. And he was making a movie, like a horror movie or something, as he as he is wont to do. And this, he said, like, they came up and said, you know who we'd like to see in your movie? And he knew it. He knew what they're going to say. Because it's always whatever's hot at the time. They're not clever people. Yeah. You know, they're not like, they're just, yeah. this is, this it's is, what they're, yeah, this is like rock. The rock is big, get the rock. Um, And they go, uh, um, whatever. They said, Howard Stern. And you're just like, no, just like, no, like, it's just take something good and use it the right amount. Yeah. And that's Beetlejuice. That they use Michael Keaton. They should like he was yeah. so entertaining that you that on first viewing you'd be forgiven it. for thinking that this is it now. It's the Michael Keaton show. It's Beetlejuice yeah. from now on. I have to say though, um, before you stray too far from Rob Zombie, that uh, taking something good and using it the right amount is something Rob Zombie would have no fucking clue about. Like his movies are awful, dreadful. <laughs> Uh, it's like, hey, I'm going to shout for 90 minutes. Hey, actually, no, I'm going to get my wife to shout for 90 minutes, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to call it a horror movie. His movies are awful, oh, like awful. Rob's. <laughs> no, 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 You're like waiting for me to come to his defense. I've seen one film of his I liked it was House of a Thousand yeah. Ghosts or Thousand whatever it was, and Captain Spaulding. Yeah, House of Thousand Corpses. That was good. That yeah. was it. It, the Firefly trilogy is uh, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and then the Tree from Hell. I think. Yeah, or all of them. I, I've I've never seen Tree from Hell, but I've seen a lot of his movies, and I just I think they're a little bit classless you know, in a lot of ways. I just think derivative. Like, and I hate people use that word. Use that word. Like, I find yeah. it all quite. And they have the. I picture people with those opera spectacles. You know the ones you. Yeah. Derivative. Derivative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monocle. Yeah. But um, sorry. Um, get back on thing. You want they they obviously get the heebie-jeebies to say the least about um, Beetlejuice. Yeah. So she says home, 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 which is apparently how you escape Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. And then he's all like, "Well, oh, you're not going to come in, blah blah blah, cause them losers, all that." We don't see Beetlejuice again for a little while, which I thought yeah. was, you know, again, it's great. Like the film is called Beetlejuice. We've just yeah, been because... introduced to Beetlejuice. I see, I think one thing to do as well is clever because they make you known that Beetlejuice is going to be a last resort. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so that's what they keep building. They keep building up the desperation. Beetlejuice is a gun that fires both ways. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's the kind of like, once you open, he's like, he's nearly Pandora. Once you open up the box, he's kind of hard to put him back in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, like, it's. Once you get like that's the problem with him. He gets out, like what did uh, Juno say? He does some work well with others. Does some work well with others. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, all right. So where where tell me where did we end up next? Yeah. So um, Lydia is uh, focused on now trying to get uh, Adam and Barbara to communicate with her family because her family became become obsessed with. As you um, would, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean, like. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the family, well, they're trying to use them like show ponies, you know what I mean? They're trying to strut them up in front of their friends and stuff, you know what I mean? It's a party piece. And they realize that their family's not going to go, so, and they kind of start, you know, creating a bond with Lydia. But in the meantime, uh, your man, Otto, has st stealing the book, stolen the book for, um, was it the handbook for the recently undead or, or recently deceased, sorry. 
and he's stolen that and he starts like uh, i think lydia's talking about how they don't want to come out to talk to him or whatever and he's standing at the the bar like the mini bar and he's going through the book and he's real yeah, pleased with himself yeah he's him. real pleased with himself uh, he kind of yeah because he's starting to figure yeah it's he's all there. figuring out that he can he mm -hmm. he he started to figure out that he himself can make them come. Uh, yeah, exactly. Carol, edit that out. <laughs> I just said uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that he yeah, can bring them to orgasm. Yeah, he's going to do a say, <laughs> and, um, which is cool. Oh, this the is the thing. Uh, the, and the ectoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the ejaculate, no, that's not a pun. That's just a <laughs> Um So anyway. Yeah, so like, yeah, he, he starts studying the book for the recently um, deceased and he uh, he's, uh, starts looking at how he can bring forth these apparitions from the nether realms yeah. without their, pretty much without their permission. He's going to call them forth and he starts studying the book and uh, when he's studying the book, they kind of have one of these seances um, where they gather everyone around all these, like, you know, the upper class, the hidey tidy friends of Delia. And he cracks the book out and he says that they need to find something that belongs to Adam and Barbara. And Probably Delia a good thing they were in their house then. Yeah, and Adam and Barbara, or sorry, yeah, Delia remembers that they have the, the wedding dress and tuxedo, which we've seen earlier on in the wardrobe. That's it. Yeah, and she brings it down and lays it down on the table. And um, upstairs, Adam, uh, Adam, Barbara, kind of you know talking, and they're like you know sitting next to each other on the chair, and your man starts like reciting um, some incantation or whatever from this book, and slowly but surely we see upstairs that Barbara is starting to fade away and become incorporeal, and she disappears and starts to reappear downstairs in her wedding dress. Absolutely not, isn't it? Yeah. Man, like there's so man, like like there's so many different special effects used in this movie, like practical effects, stop motion, a little bit of computers, you know what I mean? A little bit of just camera trickery and everything. Camera trickery, like something imprinted over something. I think that's how they get that fade effect. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, yeah. it was, it was. But that's the thing. That's what I was talking about. Ingenuity on the side, yeah. kind of like, what do you need yeah. from me, Tim? And I kind of look. I want yeah. to appear as though fade away, and then I want, but then I want to dress to literally fill yeah. in kind of obviously an inhuman way. It's not like a person putting it on. The mass itself yeah. is appearing as a small lump that grows into a person. Yeah. And it was really, it was really well done. And it's the, the really only true dark thing of the film. It was yeah. awful. Like it, it, it involves suffering yeah. and possible eternal torment. You know what I mean? That, they, they kind yeah. of sound more like Hellraiser themes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, I think obviously you didn't get that dark, but this, this was something because we cared about yeah. the characters. This was something that yeah. was just dark. It wasn't a humorous part of it. Yeah, so it's like when so when we see Jean Davis gets uh you know called forth by Otto and um she's in her wedding dress and slowly we start to see that she starts to age rapidly. Very and she's aging rapidly and Lydia's there and she's like saying, you know, I think since she's dying or whatever, and someone says something along the lines of she's dead, you know, she yeah. doesn't have too much to worry about or something like that, or they can't be hurt or something. And when she's kinda, you know, you know, uh What's the word I'm looking for? Like grading or what happened? Like disintegrating, decomposing. Yeah. yeah. So when she's like, you know, decomposing or whatever, um, we see Adam slowly starting. Same thing happened to him. He's becoming incorporeal. He appears in his wedding tuxedo 
and he does the same thing as um barber and he you know starts levitating over the the fucking table and shit and then slowly but surely he turns and he sees barbers in a real like it um accelerated rate of decomp- uh, decomposition at this stage and her skin and everything her face the structure is breaking down she's becoming nearly skeletal and then he slowly like he touches her hand and like breaks away in his hand he slowly starts to um decompose as well catch up on her in a way this is where she's, just, is, like, she's just a little bit ahead of him right? yeah yeah uh, this is where uh, yeah exactly this is and where he's uh, like shit this is where the gun that fires both ways is needs to be called upon yeah, exactly. And even uh, even um, the, the guy we won't mention, uh, he says something along the lines of like, the auto make it stop. And he's like, I don't know how to. Delia's like, you know. husband is the so guy. It's that like irreversible at this stage. Yeah. And um, yeah. we already had, we've skipped over, but I don't think there's any point going back that far. They had used Beetlejuice briefly after, before the, you know, like he did the whole snake thing. And he was like, he's going to drop the Oh, fat sorry. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever, like... Uh, it's fine, but um, obviously that that says they would have been sworn off Beetlejuice. This is the first time he gave he creeped them out. Yeah. The second time he was basically homicidal, and uh, but this time yeah. they were going to like not exist anymore. Actually, something much worse than that. And um, yeah, uh, sorry, we know the writer's character jump in. Lydia, Lydia is talking to Beetlejuice, and it's great because this I love this scene because Beetlejuice knows the he has the cards. Not only does he want yeah. out, he wants a wife. Yeah, uh, and and I love it. It's like you know, it's fine because they're dying. They're literally dying just yeah. just in the next room. And this this is the second interaction between Lydia and Beetlejuice because we forgot what the game yeah the first one they, they, they come back from the other side and they stop Lydia from, yeah. from actually letting him out. Yeah, because he's like has the beetle and it's, remember the beetle sitting in like the lawn chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just fantastic. But he's uh, but I love the scene because I've just seen where he's just sitting there and he's going anyway. It's completely up to you because they're literally disintegrating in real time. Yeah, and, and she's just like, okay, fine. And he just kind of does this whole like pulls out his hand, looks at his nails, <sighs> you yeah. know, like his jacket a little bit because he just that's it. Yeah. Like, he's, he has all the cards and he knows it in the way yeah. Beetlejuice would know it. Not a, not yeah. a subtle like you know play your cards close to your chest way. And then she goes, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And I just love it because he just goes, it's showtime. <laughs> and yeah. Just, just start, right, like the king turns all the way up to 11. Yeah. And that's it. You know, because like, the table parts, Beetlejuice comes up like he's a, he's a Ferris. Like a Ferris wheel like, or something. Not Ferris wheel because the Ferris wheel is kind of goes up that, what's it like? A merry-go-round. Carousel. Uh, yeah, carousel. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's just absolute, this is it. Like this is, the, again, this is where like you just, Spread a little bit of him here and a little bit of him there. Yeah. Sure that we're not bored. Yeah. So when he's absolutely let loose and you know it's in the final act, it's mm. just it's just enjoyable. Everything, everything from this point yeah. onwards is like dialed up to eleven. Humor yeah. slash actions. This is where like he like Joan he appears and then the the sculptures uh, come over and they're like moving and it's like you got more stop motion animation oh. and like you know what I mean yeah so you got Michael Keaton across the room and like these fucking massive prosthetics like you know what I mean yeah. massive suit whatever and the other side the 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 scene he got stop motion animation and like they trap the they trap like I think it's a uh, Robert Goulet and they trap him and his wife Goulet. and um, Goulet. <laughs> but they trap him and his wife and it's like his hands slowly turn into like massive mallets. Like, you know, he <laughs> them on, um, like the thing you hit with the mallet. 
as well. Like, you know, that, yeah, yeah, I, that, yeah, yeah, that test, the test strong your strength, test your strength, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and of course, he gets rid of them. And I, I never really understood that. <laughs> I was watching, I was kind of, I don't really understand the auto thing. They basically he pulled his clothes off from that, like red, kind of black attire, <laughs> kind of yeah. white attire, and no, blue. Blue attire, which I guess that's like, yeah, like not fashionable, which is probably the worst thing you could do to him, yeah, or something, yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. The most unconscionable <laughs> thing you could do is is have him look yeah, anything less than cutting edge, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and like, um, so yeah, so now we're down to so pretty much Beetlejuice is running rampant throughout the house, and um, and uh, but we slowly see in the room that Adam and Barbara are. Becoming, you know, sol- not solid again. You know, they're coming back to life. They've been rejuvenated. Yes, slowly but surely. Or they're regenerated. Yeah. But although that makes them sound living, yeah. but they were getting back to their kind of base goal state. Yeah. Corporalization. I don't know because they're not bad. Corporeal, I don't think. I mean, so, why not? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, I'm not even sure if it's if it's even a word. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do over here at Potty Snatchers. We create words, yeah. people. <laughs> Where we rant, go off topic, and invent words. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Where else are you gonna get that shit? Yeah, where else? <laughs> <gonna get> that <laughs> shit? Um, so yeah, this is like pretty it's much our marketabilityness. <laughs> so like yeah, so we're gonna get the run into the climax now, where Beetlejuice is trying to like you know kill everyone and take Lydia. Like, not even this, not even kill everyone, but you know restrain everyone. And take Lydia for his bride so he can be released from the netherworld and come back to yeah. our He doesn't go after Lydia's he... parents. He kind of has this, Mom, Dad, I just want you to know you can go. Yeah. You know, so they kind of get off a little bit like. He's so good in this movie, though, Mikey so Keaton. He's so fucking funny, man. He's like, I think he's what Alex Jones pictures himself being inside his own head. Yeah. Like, I do, like, you know. Oh, man, I want to see that. Alex yeah. Jones just as being <laughs> Make it happen, internet. Yeah, memes, make it happen. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, Alex Jones. But uh, <laughs> he was like, Mom, that. But, uh, and then he goes, Dad, don't worry. Got to make a gay frog's nose. Like, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, then, the, then the, just that wall opens up and this tiny little shrimp man monster thing comes yeah, out yeah, yeah. to officiate. And uh, there's a couple of great scenes here. One is Alec Baldwin says Beetlejuice and he snips, snaps his finger as his teeth fall out on the ground. Yeah. And then his teeth, his teeth say Beetlejuice a second time. And he's, like, he's trying to dance on them to stamp them, but they're but they're uh, stop motion. Chattering. They're just, yeah, they're chattering and they're jumping around. It looks so, it's so aged, but there's, I love it. I love it. I would, yeah. oh, I'd yeah. Like if somebody says something about it, that yeah, it's so it's so forgivable. Like because you're like you know that was because you're like oh yeah, I understand that that doesn't look the way it used to in my mind's eye. Yeah, that was cutting edge. Nobody was doing that shit back yeah. then. You just you simply, know what I mean? like yeah, you, know, you just simply couldn't have had. In fact, what we can do now could have been dreamt of. In yeah, exactly. Simple as that. It's all there is to like it. Pioneer, exactly. Pioneer filmmaking. That's what we're and looking at. Oh yeah, so that then. For some reason, Alec Baldwin charges him, which meant no sense. But he's, he po- literally <laughs> stops him. Oh, and then he, he teleports him back into the, the, the um, little micro town that he himself had designed. Yeah. And uh, then G- or Gina Davis, sorry, character's name, keep forgetting. Yeah. Uh, um, Barbara. Barbara. Uh, 
Right, but yeah, as I was saying, Barbara, Barbara is obviously still here because um, Adam's been taken off the board and put on a smaller one. Oh. Uh, and uh, Gina Davis is, uh, she says Beetlejuice, Picky's Fingers, which puts a zip over her mouth. Yeah. Which seemed like a soft option from Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. Stop somebody from talking. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like you know when you tell someone you're not going to tell their secret and you close your mouth with a zip? Yeah. You put a lock in it and you throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone your secret. Look, I'll mildly ingratiate <laughs> myself. Yeah, because um, he's just trying to slow them down long enough that yeah. the, the ceremony's That's, over. So then he's free, out. free. Mm. Yeah. But I think he's free then, like free, free. Yeah, just like he comes to this... Have, he comes to the realm of the living, then I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he can't be put back at least easily into into the box. But um, she uns, unzips. He she says uh, Beetlejuice a second time. Yeah, it's just like he throws a base, but well, you know, like he kind of does have pitcher's arm. Thing. Yeah, and then she's got a proper steel ball thing. It looks really uncomfortable. Yeah, looks bad. Yeah, and then um, he gives her the old whatever. What he probably should have done in the first place. He uh, sends her to the desert whatever this desert is sandworm place yeah, yeah, yeah like the, the nether realm or whatever yeah and uh yeah so then then um who gets an idea about uh the car wasn't it how how does the next scene play out this is it this so is so pretty is much the, the next scene is where we see um alec baldwin who's miniaturized he gets in a car from the model and decides to ram Beetlejuice so he can delay the um, ceremony long enough. Um, so, you know, uh, pretty much he's just trying to slow down the ceremony so he doesn't get freed and marry Lydia. And what happens is the the guy asks Beetlejuice to say his vows. And he says his vows. And then Lydia won't say her vows. And then Beetlejuice puts his hand over her mouth and That's he a great her scene. voice. Yeah. <laughs> I think of sound and, uh, You know, it's just... It's perfectly <laughs> her voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's as good as imitating voices as a Terminator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love that, um, actually. Um, so, yeah, so he pretty much, the ceremony is just about over. And the last time we seen is Gina Davis and a Sandworm is coming towards her. We don't know what her fate is. Um, Adam rams the beat of Beetlejuice's foot with the car. And when he rams the foot with the car, I think uh, he turns to look at the car the ceremony stops for a second and then all of a sudden gene davis comes exploding through the roof riding on the back of a sandworm yeah. um and it eats beetlejuice before the ceremony can end and he can't be freed and lady doesn't marry him he gets sent back to the nether realm and pretty much we see the climax now where like everything's happy go lucky uh yeah uh, now with uh uh watch your face um barbara and adam decide that they want to live with this family and they want to live with lydia and now that pretty much delia and the guy we can't mention and lydia they all kind of welcomed them the ghost kind of like is in part of their family and we see like uh, lydia is like you know um less gothy she's in a school she's in her school uniform and she gets on her bike she cycles home and when she gets there, we see Adam and Barbara standing in the living room, like part of the family, looks yeah. standing over the model of the town. She comes in. I really like this detail. She comes in and hands them photographs of how the town has changed. 
since they were alive, like uh, pictures of the new town hall, I think, or yeah. something like that. I thought that was a really, really cool detail. And like, I was just like, if you were Adam, you'd be so happy because I'd give you constant stuff to die uh, to do with yeah, your bed. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Constantly just upgrading you the town. Because you don't have uh, a Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh no, you yeah, really explain. Like, they're, they're, if you're able yeah. to put holes in sheets, you should have been able to like stab yeah. the shit out of the family in your house or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I had more options available yeah. to me than I was led to believe. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she starts talking to them about Matt's test. Um, and the she kind of acts like she's um, no, she's got a C inside. She got what she agreed she, act- she could get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she got a C in science and she acted all sad when they asked about the maths. And then he was like, oh, we studied all week. And then she says, oh, I got an A. And then and, uh, and he's like, uh, can you do it? And then uh, pretty much uh, your man's like, oh, but you got a C in science. And then Gina Davis goes, ah, Adam, go on. You know, dude, she got an A in math. And then he starts, like, everything starts moving and dancing and Dale comes on again. And, like, literally, this isn't even a really famous scene as ever. Uh, Winona Ryder starts levitating and singing the, the song starts the going over mountain starts singing the song and she's yeah. on the stair and um the banister yeah and like she's like slowly levitating up and then we see upstairs like the uh the dude we can't mention he was like oh she must have got an a in her yeah. mats or something like that like, because they, they like, that's how much they've ingrained into the family, family. the parents seem to it's that it's that stage at the end of films back in the day and even now but definitely back in the day yeah where everyone has learned a little something and they knew they weren't the greatest role yeah. models but it's not as if they didn't love her yeah so they knew that she had yeah. more positive academic and stable even yeah other ghosts in their life and uh they were just letting her be and uh yeah like i actually the next sequel like if everyone's alive, most of the time. I think are everyone's, everyone's have, alive. Yeah. yeah, you could you could literally have. I'm sure the guy we can't mention won't be back. But like Catherine O'Hara, you could have her dying in the house, yeah. and she can be with them haunting. Thing is, is like she's, she's you, 33 years older now. They all are. Yeah, well, you could do de aging. That that technology. It is no, and it's it's and it's improved a lot. The first yeah. time I seen it, I think it was. Um, the first time I seen it, or you could just lead into it. Charles Xavier, uh, Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier, and I looked kind of silly, if I'm yeah. being honest. Uh, or or, or yeah. Arnie, like Arnie's. Yeah, yeah. I think Marvel have done it the best with like so sort of, uh, Kurt Russ or sorry, um, Michael Douglas, and um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and I think Samuel L. Jackson again in Captain America. Or Captain Robert Marvel Downey Jr. Won. was excellent. He yeah. looked like he's uh, weird science yeah. days. Yeah. yeah, you get very lucky, see, when you have actors that have been prolific for yeah. many from And not just years. that, like, literally, you know, like, as high def as you could possibly get footage of them in motion from from years yeah. ago. But look how good deep fakes are now. You know, it's yeah, silly. Exactly. Like, yeah, you so know? you're right, you're right, you could, yeah. But I, 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 I don't know, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they'll do it. But don't get me wrong, there's always a way yeah. to do anything right. I just, every time I tell, every you, time I tell Sheila, every time I say, look, there's... They're making a new insert film because it's everything. Yeah. It's everything. Renewing yeah. or before re-dumping? before we talk, sorry, yeah, you what to say? Before no, no, I was just going to say before we talk about the sequel. Uh, what did you make at the end of the movie? Were you happy with the happy ah, ending? Yeah. Like I mean, it was look. It was like the thing about Tim Burton. If you take out all of the Tim Burtonness, it was just a classic yeah. feel good movie because it started. It started. Yeah. It's just a movie yeah, about family. It, does, it's, it's, it. it was formulaic. I mean, I love this movie, and I don't say that as a slight. It was yeah. formulaic in the sense that it started great, and something really bad yeah. happened. 
and then things got difficult. They looked like they got better, but then they got even super difficult. And then it leveled so, out. So, I've, like, I, yeah, like it, a lot of Tim Burton movies do have these kind of weird strains, but still happy endings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone was okay like, at the end, you know? Everyone that mattered. Yeah. And, like, after the happy ending, we see what, what's becoming beaten to. It's in the waiting room. And, yeah, what to make it answer have i haven't seen beetlejuice and we, we said this before because uh, we're both old men now me especially but um yeah fuck i'm super old now, yeah so. and i'm five years six years older so i'll tell you how i feel folks yeah. anyway um we we said that um andy loses his train of thought exactly when he's trying to make a point oh sorry we haven't seen uh, the film no. since since tvs were big it was the first time you said the first time yeah. i've seen the film on flat screen i was like my god that's a good way of putting it i haven't either but I have, yeah, in the last 10 years or so, checked out that scene. That yeah. scene has popped yeah. into my head in some sort of circumstance in the last couple of years. <laughs> I always loved it because it was him. He looks at his ticket stub, and it's yeah. it's so long that he has to unfurl it. <laughs> like, you know, it's not yeah, just like a like hundred or a thousand. Oh, million. it's like in the tens of millions or even a billion or whatever. It's just yeah. a huge, huge number. And uh, then he looks at the guy beside him who has like five or something like that, you know? He's Either side of him is the guy with the shrunken head, and obviously the headhunter that shrunk his head. Yes, that's it. That's how it was because he says to him, he goes, Did you do that? I like your work or good work that's or something. Because right. that's how he, and he already feels yeah, and, and that's when and he, sees he feels the woman's legs, even though she's not attached to them, and she gives him a slap. <laughs> yeah. But uh Yeah, that's when he moves over to be sitting because he's sitting beside the woman with the uh, that's cut in half. He's sitting beside her lower half. For those who can't first. picture it, she's right? cut in half, but she's literally sitting beside her own legs. So her top half yeah, is yeah. sitting beside her bottom half. So on a three-seat sofa, she's taking up two spots. Yeah, so he's like sitting beside the lower half of her legs. And as you said, he starts feeling her up. She hits him a slap. He moves across and sits in between the guy with the shrunken head and the headhunter that shrunk his head. Because your man was like obviously an explorer yeah. or something. Because they used to like, I think how they used to do it, like uh, he does a bit like magic or something. But how they used to do it in real life is like they used to take the head and Remove the skull, I think, and then it would dehydrate and shrink over yeah. time or something. It's like something to do with, I think, um, um, low applied heat over a long time would dehydrate to literally a degree yeah. it shrinks. But like beef jerky yeah, or something. Exactly, like it's gross, but there you go. Mm. And then it's so then he kind of gives them the old, like, oh, what's that over there or some shit like that. Uh, you know, he it's Elvis Presley. And then he takes the, uh, the, the ticket with number five on it or whatever, you yeah. know. Four and uh, then your man just notices it and then just sprinkles a little bit of whatever it is he had. And, and yeah. you know, just he's like, Do you remember before that? He's like, Oh, I guess I'm next. It's just a fantastic yeah. Do you remember when his head is shrinking? He's like, um, Oh, I think this look, <laughs> this look could suit me. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. Like, I mean, that's like um, the same. Like, just to kind of speak an exposition of it afterwards. I mean, Tim Burton yeah. is a great Joker, and Tim Burton. Yeah. I know, and I don't get me wrong. I the, the throne belongs to Heath Ledger, and I worship at the photo. Yeah, of course. But but Jack yeah. Nicholson's had a great Joker. Yeah, he's and, and despite what people think, it's not really a competition. You just do the job to the best of your ability. And you either did a great job or you didn't. And they all did great jobs, but Heat Ledger's was just beyond par, just 
just amazing, just amazing, yeah. just incredible, game changing even. But yeah. Jack Nicholson's it was an amazing performance, not just an amazing exactly, Joker performance. yeah, That's you know what I mean. Yeah. In fact, uh, famously on that, um, the first time he is like really he, he makes his appearance as a Joker in uh, Alfred is there and he is so enamored with Heat Ledger's performance he forgets his own line and he let yeah, Michael, Michael Caine. Caine and Heat Ledger improvises his line for him like as in what well, you're probably wondering or some shit like that and then he just carries yeah. on and it's in the film yeah and it's in the film as Michael yeah. Caine literally being blown away by how good Heat Ledger is, is that, in real time that's the scene at it's the, the scene party, at the party yeah and, and then Bruce Wayne yeah. sneaks away but anyway uh but Tim Burton Tim Burton can do strange like like if Cronenberg Kron- yeah. owns body massacre he owns visually yeah body the, the, you know i mean spielberg owns epic and he like he did that he yeah. just owns epic master the, Black the blockbuster yeah he just does he does epic really well and i'm going to try and keep superhero stuff out of it because I, I just think it's too long a conversation but if there's yeah. one thing team tim burton does it just speaks to the weird side of you in a way that no one else he's can. the cookie yeah. guy the master of the kooky, the gothic master. Also that, but you know? there's also like there's a darkness to it, but there's also a beauty to it. And he's you know, mm. it's finding beauty in the dark. Oh, all these movies, all these movies are visually stunning, but all these movies are Tim Burton's version of what the thing is. He doesn't adapt things to the way they are. He adapts things and turns them into Tim Burton. Like like Batman was Tim Burton's take on yeah. Batman. Alice in Wonderland is Tim Burton's take on Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory is Tim Burton's it's, it's take big, Charlie but, like, forget, mm-hmm. like, If you got to Batman, Bat, um, that was Tim Burton's take on Gotham. And it was Tim Burton's yeah. take on the world at large. Like, it, it did, it did, it kind of had a modernized, yeah. somehow also 30s era Gotham. Yeah. So it was like yeah. 1989, I think the film came out. Uh, so it was a 1990 technology in a 1930s back. That's what he wanted it to be. Like, he, he, he can think yeah. big. But he doesn't necessarily have to go there. Beetlejuice was in a house, and that's what it should have yeah. been. And Batman was in Gotham, yeah. and that's what it should have been. I, I don't know. He's he's a great director. He's one of the greats. The way, he's one of the greats. Yeah, the way I just the way I describe Beetlejuice is kind of it's just a strange haunted house yeah. story. Yeah, know? exactly. Uh, like I, I, uh, you, you have a you have a daughter, and I, I have a lot of uh, nieces and nephews. If you were just describing, like, I'm, you're just you know, you're obviously you have tech. The technology is like. I have to paint a scenario where you just don't just have your smartphone and you go, it's this, it, yeah. it's this, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. But if you, yeah, yeah if so you have to describe, like, if you had to describe Beetlejuice to where you was in like a hundred words tops, you would have yeah. a lot of those words. It would be 50 words and 50 ums. It'd be like, uh, that's literally um, how, uh, it's literally how I described it, described it to Lorraine before we watched it. She'd never seen him before. And she said, what's it? That's his, that's his significant like other and not his little one for those. Yeah. Yeah, like um, yeah, Ash, Ash was my kid, but like Lorraine, um, uh, before we watched, I just said that, um, it's a strange haunted house story. That's how I described it, and that's I think that's in the, like there's a lot of like crazy stuff that happens and stuff like that. But in the end, it is kind of just that it's a strange haunted house story. It's really really well done. Like you know, I think that's the best way to describe it. Like um, well, like I, it's kind of like all about the acceptance of debt as well in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was, um, but like literally, it's. I hadn't seen it in so long, and there was so much I'd forgotten about the movie. Um, Michael Keaton's absolutely incredible in it. Um, Gina Davis is amazing in it. 
Uh, Alec Baldwin is so young and it's crazy. And like when you when sure. you text me, he's like, yeah, I was like, this movie's from 1988. And you were like, yeah, Winona Ryder plays a teenager in it, dude. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and like you yeah. forget like how long, I, I, I was full short, fuck you, RTE. Yeah. I was full short, that was from the 90s. And now she's like a woman playing a woman with adult children in Stranger Things like six in years Stranger ago. Stranger Things, yeah. Or something, you know what I mean? Like, Man, no, yeah, yeah. I was... She's so impressive, though, because, like, if you look at something from 1988, she's playing, a, a, like, a kid, and she's on one of the biggest shows in the world right now. She, like, she's had a storied career. Later, like, she's, got, she's had a great yeah, career. Yeah, like... She has, though, like, you know, she's... So played, impressive. She's played, she's played Cher's daughter with Christina Ritchie. She's been in... Yeah. You know, blockbusters with Tim Burton more than one. Again, don't forget that Edward Scissorhands has Johnny Depp. Yeah. Who, you know, it's just attached to him at the hip and went on a writer. Yeah. It's kind of like Helen Bonham Carter replaced Winona Ryder in Tim Burton's movies. A bit like Sherry Moon. With, um, you bring Ooh. your wife into it. like. At least Hel- yeah, but at least Helen Bonham Carter is a world-class Helen- actress. You know Sherry what? Moon. Actually, I, I'm going to wash my mouth out with soap when I get off this because that was... Helen yeah. Bonham Carter is a phenomenal actress. She has yeah, screen like presence. such a great character. She's screen presence yeah. and... Uh, she's not afraid. You know, she's, she's one of those people where... And she's been around. She got a good... And she's been around for so long, top of her game for 20 odd years, yeah. like, you know. Like, Sherry, Sherry Moon. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't disrespect anyone's wife, but the girl can't act, the woman can't act. You know, yeah. she just shouts, Sherry Moon Zombies just shouts a lot. And, I'm going to backtrack because in case yeah. anybody actually ever does hear this, I, for one, welcome our new <laughs> um, Overlord. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's, got, he's doing the monsters, man. He's got the monsters. I know, man, but like he just ruins movies. We should do no, no, we should do like I don't want to be because I, I have said it in previous podcasts and stuff. I don't like Rob Zombie stuff, but I'll be fair. Um, I have no problem if you want, we can go through his back catalog, watch all his movies, and you can see how like you can see the evidence is there that he, he like if you look at Halloween, Halloween one, such a classy movie with John Carpenter, um, like scares the shit out of people. Like, you know, I've watched that movie once a year, every year. At least at Halloween, and then you have Rob Zombie's interpretation of that like franchise. It's just it's so classless. I think that that's the problem. Like, uh, he has good ideas and there's some cool cool lines in his movies, but because there's so much shouting, it distracts from the good stuff. Like uh, the line from is the Devil's Rejects. Um, I'm he- I'm come here to Devil's Work, yeah. and he beats yeah, a guy yeah, to death with, like, with a stick. It's a fantastic yeah. scene. O- Otis or something. That sounds name, right. You know. Yeah. Oh, no, and it is yeah, it's a great line it's, it's well delivered and it's not just mm. like you know like it makes me think of family guy where uh, peter shoots someone in the head and just randomly says it's just been revoked and there was no set yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it did have set yeah. up and it did have context and yeah, yeah. no but like but like that, these are the anomalies look all i know is if i was given a camera tomorrow mm. and, and i was allowed to make 10 hours of film i'd give you a line yeah there's yeah. not a great director make yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just I think like there's a lot of distractions, but like like just to go just to go back, like Tim Burton has been doing it nonstop, like since like the eighties. And he's he's even though some of his movies I don't like, but like he's he's another screen legend that pumped out like fucking Mars Attacks we touched on, Sleepy Hollow, Batman, Batman Returns, you know, he's got like the he's still making like the Alice in Wonderland movies. Not a huge fan of those movies that like uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He's been making movies like 
non-stop for about 30 years now top top level movies and like do you think like you know what i mean that like there's like he's underappreciated he's appreciated for tim what he does or yeah tim burton do you, how do you think tim burton's viewed by people or how do you view him or do you appreciate okay him I'll, like, I'll, creator or whatever? I'll comment somewhat on the overall picture but to be honest with you i don't know it's not as if like i sit around all day looking on message wars about how Tim Burton's view, but you yeah. obviously you, you're in the ether of it, and you, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think he's underappreciated. Like, for example, what was Beetlejuice before Beetlejuice? I think yeah, Beetlejuice, exactly. I don't I, think just Beetlejuice is just a great film. I think Beetlejuice get permissions to films, yeah. And that's that's what like people say groundbreaking, but like, I mean, I, I, groundbreaking is just a word, the word really means permission. This is like, we yeah, did this nobody, and it worked, you can do this, and nobody. Nobody makes Beetlejuice in the same no. way Tim Burton made Beetlejuice. And then he met Batman, and he was like, don't forget, like, people forget this, and this is the biggest credit I think Tim Burton has for his name, and it pisses me off, because you know that I'm probably the biggest comic guy you know. And, like, I'm yeah. obsessed with comics. I'm, 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 I'm going to be 38 next month, and I'm obsessed with comics. But, yeah. but Batman, with, don't get me wrong, it was really, really dark. The killing joke and, and stuff like that. Really dark yeah, story. Yeah, Frank Miller stuff. But, the, but Batman was at times quite a camp character. Like he had the dark. Yeah, especially on the back of the Adam exactly, West story. Yeah, so. he had a dark past. Like that was always there. That that the, the parents in in um, Crime Alley it was Crime Alley, and uh, and um, yeah. been murdered, and of course him being afraid of bats. All that it was all very dark. But there was a campness to it. It was this kind of storytelling, yeah. the way the stories were told. But Tim Burton was the when he when the subject material that he would have given would have had a few storylines that would have been quite dark. But this the huge amount of it would have been a blue Batman with yellow and black on his chest and and all of this kind of stuff. But he made it dark, and it was perfection for Batman. He, he really gave yeah, Batman yeah. this gothicness that I honest God think the reason we have the Batman we have today and don't and so far removed, so far removed. Yeah, I know that, but I honestly God think he get permission to just make him yeah, stoic. He just made it yeah, Make him stoic. Make yeah. him lonely. Make him alienate relationships yeah. in his own life because the the only make Batman actually become Bruce Wayne. As in Bruce Wayne starts to fade and Batman becomes the persona. Like Tim Burton. Tim Burton yeah, is for me. Yeah, well, it was on the back of Frank Miller's Dark Knight and Dark Knight. Yeah, Returns. oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there was yeah. there was mm. extremely dark storyline, and I'm sure he took heavily from them, but he committed it to film. You know, yeah. he said there, like, it's not, it's like, don't forget, all, what was there at that he, time? Superman. Yeah, uh, exactly. Chris, just Christopher Reeve, Superman, directed by Richard Donner, and uh, the poor sequels and stuff. But like, you. That's probably outside of Superman. That's the first time you have a superhero blockbuster, like hitting global appeal. Really, like you know what I mean? And that's like there's when what is before Batman, as you said, it's just Superman, and Chris, which Reed, was the so. Boy Scout, which yeah. was excellent. Yeah, film. the first two were excellent. Yeah, um, but he was yeah. a Boy Scout. He was a superhero, like the way it was. They 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 imagined he he wasn't broken or dark or anything like that. Yeah. The yeah, true the, blue hero. You know, true justice in the American way and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Batman was darker than that. Batman wanted to get shit done. Tim Burton killed people. Tim Burton's Batman killed people. I should have said. I don't yeah. know if Tim Burton's killed people. I assume at least one. Just to see how it felt. Yeah. Just yeah. to see the light <laughs> fade from their eyes. But like Yeah. But um he, he didn't give a shit. He just went for it and he just 
he gave us this Batman, which I, I do think a shave the Batman's come. Like, don't get me wrong, you he like Heat Ledger acknowledges Jack Nicholson's Batman. Ah, Joker. Yeah. He just does. He 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 really did lay a template for darker stuff to come. And the nightmare before Christmas, that shouldn't have worked. That should not have worked. Like Christmas was the one thing yeah. that's supposed to be sacrosanct. Don't get me wrong, some of the stories can be quite sad. But ultimately they're about yeah. family. Or ultimately they're about this. And Nightmare Before Christmas didn't break away from that mold. But it was told from yeah. the perspective of a, a literal horror world. Like a world of yeah. horror. It's a like Jack, Jack Skellington. And he was, you know, he wanted to take try and have his shot at Christmas over because he was sick of just having Halloween or whatever. And, and it was yeah. amazing. This is Halloween. This yeah. is Halloween. This is... <laughs> it was yeah. He just showed that he's actually incredible. Yeah. And a couple of, along the way, like Big Fish wasn't great. Uh, you know, he had yeah. his... With you yeah, McGregor. Yeah, he, he had his missus. Cool enough, bro. But no, Tim Burton's yeah. great. Like, I mean, I couldn't live in a film world. If you, you could take away all of the Marvel and DC universe, so certainly the Marvel universe, which is the better of the two. Um, I won't. I'd give. The, I'd give them up. I won't give up her. I will I, 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 oh, that's that's a tough one. That's like a real Sophie's chase there. MCU or Tim Burton movies. I think I'd pick the MCU because uh, they just give me sheer fucking joy. Like they really resonate yeah. with the inner child in me. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I, there's something. I suppose I yeah. was attracted to. I myself am strange and unusual. I was attracted to the horror <laughs> kind of genre when I was a kid. I like dark. Yeah, I thought you were going to do the whole Winona Ryder. Oh, I did. I just there. did. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought you were going I, to, like, you know, myself. I'm, you. I'm somewhat <laughs> strange and unusual. <laughs> Gothic. No, Gothic I wouldn't. Novel. I wouldn't give up the kind of dark, dark kind of like. I mean, he's such a unique director because, like, if you look at his back catalog, like, Mars Attacks is so different than Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is so different from Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is so different from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And Charlie and Chocolate Factory, like, I know, I know Charlie and Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland aesthetically look quite similar in a lot of ways. But, like, you know, a lot of his works look so different to one another, you know. And I, I think maybe a little bit later on his stuff, uh, his his style became kind of template-ish in comparison to his uh, older stuff, maybe, because his older stuff was quite unique and... It was just like an experience, and then eventually uh, Tim Burton gave you what you expected from a Tim Burton movie instead of just being crazy. Like, because you know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of his films do look very like similar nowadays in comparison to his films back in the day were very individualistic, yeah. you know? He, um, I do think as you go on and as you get huge, like, with the exception of, I think, Spielberg, because Spielberg kind of broke out on his own as like one of the people yeah. that could. But Amblin Pictures, yeah. I think, is his production. But um, you're essentially, you're kind of like, oh, you're the guy who did this. So we want this imagined through yeah. this. That's what you're yeah. being hired. Well, he, did the, he did the fail plan of the Apes movie too. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's the thing. He, he, We want this imagined through the scope of this. And you're kind of going, well, that's yeah. like, it's not a passion project. It's a job. You're like, I mean, it's a yeah. great job, you're getting paid millions, but it's no different in a sense to being a plumber or to being a, a builder or a taxi driver. There's a destination that they want and they want you to do it because they yeah. think you're good at it, but it's what they want. So I do think like Tim Burton is lost in the shuffle. So like I that's I think the you see directors like Sam Raimi and things at their best when they were making their bones. Yeah. yeah. When they were up against it. 
they made amazing you, so do you think it's not a thing it's like it's not on tim burton's part that his movies be kind of came very similar it's more the studio i just think it's a factor for the same kind of thing from i think if you're in the shoot if you're in yeah. that chair that's the, that's the throne of the film it is yeah you have to you have to stand over whatever it is you put out. But I've even heard I remember Seth Rogen yeah. or something. He was he was on a tour for one of his films. I think it might have been knocked up or something. And uh, he said yeah. like it was great to be out on a film that I knew was good. Like I knew I, I you yeah. know I am not trying to say it was the best film, but I knew this was a good film. It was a funny film. It was a well executed yeah. film. It was good chemistry, and I did I did a good job. Mm. They did a good job. Um, but he was like. Yeah. Catching Heigl was Yeah, I know. Jesus, don't make me go down that rabbit hole. Mm. What the fuck? But um, yeah. anyway, he yeah. um but he said, but like even when he was saying it, he's obviously said like he's obviously gone out on tours, literal tours, whereas he had to sit for six hours a day in Australia, six hours a day in Denmark, six you know, like interview yeah. and interview and signing autographs, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't sound like the worst life, but he was standing over a project that he himself knew was shit. Shit. Yeah. And he knew it was shit. Greenhorn and Pineapple Express, something like that. And and he knew it was dog shit. And but yeah. the thing is, it's your product. But the director, that has to be ten times worse. Because yes, yeah. maybe there was constraints introduced, but this is you. So I suppose we might as well get out of here and we've talked a lot about the movie, the the actors, their portrayals, like and um, Michael Keaton and how you know Tim Burton, how his legacy since Beetlejuice up until today. So we covered a lot of ground and like no, I was th thinking, do you think Michael Keaton's performance as Beetlejuice had any inspiration for uh, Bill Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise in the newer? Oh wow! Actually, I would love to know. Obviously, I can't say. Mm. I, I, actually, it's a really good question. I can't say it ever occurred to me like really specifically. Obviously, um, Curry. Curry's Pennywise would have obviously been huge for him. You would have had to yeah. watch that, even examine it, because he did a great job of the, the the kookiness of Pennywise and then the evil of Pennywise. But you would have had to just yeah. like like somebody who was having fun, but also a monster. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. I'd say like I'd say look, I, I I put it this way. I think if you if you if I was going to sit down and, and interview Mr. Skarsgard myself and you ask me yeah. what what do I think he would say? I I I'd yeah. take a stab. Like I mean, I I bought a I bought a ten quid bet with you. That yeah yeah it did because I do yeah. I, I and don't forget even if he didn't I think the further back you go there's a roll on effect. You wouldn't have had a Johnny Depp yeah. with Buster Keaton. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can go really far back. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Like we're still seeing him today. We just are. There is a role on effect to everyone. Yeah. And Beetlejuice was groundbreaking and game-changing. And yeah. it gave so much permission going forward. Yes. My guess is yes. And um, do you have high hopes for the sequel before we get to the go here? If it happens, I'm not sure if it's confirmed. Just, I don't know if the mic picked it up. But... Uh, and do you think it's going to suffer like other long-delayed sequels like Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's, like, there's so few... There's so little reason to believe. I don't think it'll capture the magic. And I'm hoping it'll be good. Yeah. And I'll accept good. There was something magic. In, yeah. When people catch magic is when they're not necessarily 
trying that hard to they're just trying to make the best film they can but when something has a standard to live up to it's quite often disappointing yeah and this has a very high one. yeah and uh yeah. so no i think probably not but like I'm, i, I do, you, do you do you feel that like a future episode of uh potty snatchers with unforgivable oh god yeah. do you think that we'll be talking I about, have, I need to talk about it about a half second before you said it i was like i wonder <laughs> i wonder um but like before to get we get the fuck out of here do you want to tell the folks what we'll be watching because you know you haven't told me yet what are we watching on thursday on thursday i've decided we were talking a lot about 80s horror films recently yeah. So I wanted to just push the clock forward, but I didn't want to bring it right up to date. I just I didn't want to skip to skip over everything. Although we skip over a lot, yeah. to be fair. I remember Yeah, we can go back and forth. I remember I went to this film when all of my friends were going to a house party. I didn't get permission to go and they all went and had this really, really crazy time. So I was in town on my own, yeah. so I just went to the cinema on my own. It's the first time I ever did it. And I saw yeah. this film that I'm about to name. I got home, it was really late. I sat up and I got the news. Princess Diana of Wales had died. That's how I remember it. Where the fuck I is swear going? to God. This is what I was doing. <laughs> this, is going? Yeah. this is what I was doing that night. The film was Event Horizon. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. That's nice. why I was watching that uh, night. Uh, and I'll never forget. Uh, Harris movie. The whole thing was true because yeah. I never went to the cinema on my own. I was, I was very young. I was only 14. And, um, uh, shit, did you, you already told me we'd be watching yeah, that, didn't you? I thought Event. Shit, I'm yeah. a dummy. Event Horizon. It was a spectacular film with a spectacular cast. Awesome. And it was, it, yeah, I, 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 I think it was a, it wasn't a cookie cutter film. And a lot of films were yeah. in the 90s. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to watch it again. Um, so, no, do you want to get us out here? Do you want to do the Yeah, outro? sure, I'll give it a whirl. Cool. Thank you, people, very much for sticking with us and listening to Invasion of the Potty Slashers, your one-stop shop for everything that goes chop, chop, chop. Speaking of the man of infamy, whose name you must not speak, Beetlejuice, we will be back with you in a couple of days. So, or, you know, it's on the internet, so like a thousand years or whatever way it works out for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, thanks for staying with us, and we do hope you come back. Um, I'm I'm not Vincent Green and he's not Noel John Tool. Signing off. See you see you next week with Event Horizon. Peace out, peeps.